Hi, welcome to this episode. I'm really pleased today to be joined by Heath Spencer. Um, and Heath is the CEO of Traitware. Traitware is a passwordless MFA. And I've really enjoyed our conversations before we've started recording about this. And it's raised a lot of things that I do and probably most of the population does. Um, so it's actually a really important podcast this to to listen to. And I'm looking forward to hearing all about you, Traitware, uh, what you do, what the business does and and yeah, and sharing that sharing that knowledge. So we'll we'll get straight into it then. I think let's let's have maybe a bit of an understanding about you and your career and and you know what that's looked like and what your journey's looked like. Um and then we'll get into Traitware. Is that okay? Yeah, sounds great. Well, my, my name is Heath Spencer. I'm the CEO of Traitware, um, which is a software company that is focused on solving. We, we actually founded the company because we were personally frustrated with the risks and frustrations that we all have with passwords. Um, quite frankly, passwords suck, right? They're, <laughs> they're a pain in the butt to remember, manage, use, enter, all of these different things. And so uh, that, that we we decided to try to look at innovative ways or you know using modern technology to solve that that problem mm -hmm. and then as far as as far as my career goes I've been the CEO of Traitware since 2018 uh, so I've been at it for a little while for for running this company had prior businesses that were in different arenas um, I joke that I've been signing the front of the check since I was 25 years old, which is now 27 years long running yeah. that I've been signing the front of the check. Uh, my wife would say, I just, I, you know, <laughs> I don't work well in, in a box or, or working for someone else. Mm -hmm. um, so been an entrepreneur since the mid early nineties. Um, and yeah, went through, uh, brick and mortar businesses through the original dot-com boom and, and learning how to take those businesses online and how do you distribute product online and collect money online and uh, learn the the entry points of uh, doing that in secure ways and um, you know kind of led to various projects and uh, I live and have been built those businesses in proximity to the the Bay Area or the Silicon Valley so a lot of the relationships I built in those businesses were in that and a lot of innovations come out of that area. So probably by by proxy influenced by by some of the Silicon Valley innovation. And yeah, uh, we moved the company to northern Nevada uh, in 2019 um, and yeah, growing and building a business in this area. Fantastic. And you've been influenced a lot, a lot by your dad because he he was involved in in this line of work as well wasn't it yeah so so yeah this particular project that we're doing on i i do i have the pleasure of getting to work with my dad who i joke is the epitome of a mad scientist um <laughs> he has a phd in plasma physics and has been solving global problems since you know before i was born and and while i was being raised he actually uh from the seventies and through the eighties, et cetera, tried to make our, our world a better place through designing systems to make our air cleaner. Um, you know, we don't see too much of it today, but, 
uh, coal burning power plants. Uh, my dad actually designed scrubber systems to make the air cleaner. So we had better air quality to breathe. Um, actually innovated, patented technologies and licensed that stuff globally. Um, so he just has a brain for, for solving wow. problems. Um, and I've been fortunate to be able to leverage some of the, those smarts. And he has written some of the algorithms that we use today in, in this business. And we have, uh, and he also runs kind of our, our IP, our patent strategy, because he's been really good at that. And so we've received six patents so far on the technology that we've developed within Tradeware. Wow, that's fascinating. How amazing as well to work with your, your dad and, you know, obviously look up to him in that way. Fascinating. Yeah, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty amazing that what the relationship we have today, uh, younger years, probably because, you know, just those uh, years of when I'm trying to discover who I am as a yeah. young man, all those things, we didn't always have the best relationship. We kind of separated part ways for a little while and then uh, came back. Um, probably due to my wife and children yeah. <laughs> kind of ended that and then ended up doing, uh, you know, we're doing great things today together and, and able to, uh, and he's turning 78 this year, but still like fired up and excited and, and charging forward and still sharp, his brain still sharp as a tech. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. yeah you re I think you realize when you've had children, don't you, that, okay. Yeah. I realized what I was like. I realized what my parents went through. I totally oh, yeah. appreciate, you know, everything. That well, is, it's is an instant mirror of all of your, your flaws and, and, and what a struggle it is and, yeah. and all of those things. And so, yeah. yes, it's, you get humbled and then, you, you you go, oh, you know, maybe they weren't so bad. Maybe I should yeah. forgive them for these things. And maybe I should forgive myself for some of these things and we should just move forward. Yeah, so, yeah. totally. Totally. Yeah. Lovely. Well, that's great kind of, um, yeah, great. I suppose, insight into, you know, your life, career and how you've got to where you are now. Um, I'd love to hear about Traitware and I'd love to be able to, yeah, for you to be able to share um, the journey of Traitware and, um, you know, what it is, what it's changing, what it's doing. Um, so could you maybe give us a bit of an yeah. idea about, about that? Is that Abs okay? Absolutely. So, so as we discussed, you know, opening the, the show, uh, Traitware has been focused on solving the risks and frustrations associated around password-based access. Um, you know, so passwords have been around really since the dawn of man. Like we've been using passwords in different forms uh, throughout history. However, really in what we know in the modern society of using them to access digital applications or devices, whether you're using a PIN number to sign into your phone or a password to sign into your computer. Now, everything we do in the digital world, all the different applications that we use from to do your job or to just live your life as a consumer from your bank account to maybe how you, um, you know, manage your gym membership to, yeah registering your car online, all these different things. And um, we all have, oh, I think that the stats these days are north of a hundred passwords each, between, yeah. especially when you look at across your, what you do for work versus what you do in your personal life. And it's really become untenable to manage those in a, in a good way. Um, 
I think that there is, and I'm pretty sure he's from, uh, you know, somewhere in your region of the world, but there's a comedian named Michael McIntyre that does a great comedy skit routine on passwords. Um, It's worth going to find Michael McIntyre's password routine, and it will make you laugh because he, he does a really good job of explaining, like, we went through this process of, oh, well, this is my my access and I get to create something and make a password, right? And that was good in the beginning, right? And we signed up for an account, whether it's, let's say, for Netflix or Amazon or wh- whatever it was, right? We go make an account, we make a password. Well, then they realized, oh, well, the password you made isn't strong enough. And they came back <laughs> and said, password is too weak. You might have seen this message somewhere on someone's screen. That password's not strong enough. You need to change it, right? So then they introduced all these, you know, the use of special characters and all these things. And so I won't ruin his skit. Go watch it. It's hilarious. (laughs) And then you will recognize your own uh, human habits inside of his comedy routine and go, oh, I'm very guilty of those same things. So if we're all very guilty of those same things, then the threat actors, the the bad people that are trying to take advantage of those human natures, Mm -hmm. it's very easy for them to solve, especially using, you know, computers, modern learning, all of the machine learning, all of these different things to try to, to beat your password. But what's even worse is that they don't even need to really beat your password if they can just beat the human. Right. So most of the big headline news we've seen recently around, you know, almost every week, there's another breach in the news somewhere Mm -hmm. around the world. And it's costing um, trillions of dollars in Mm -hmm. damages globally. It's the I think they if if cybercrime was going to be a uh, if you were going to measure it against like a GDPR of of a country, it's now approaching the third largest um, GDP, not GDPR. That's the privacy regulations in the UK. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, the gross domestic product return. Uh, it's approaching like the third largest in the yeah. world of just for, you know, cybercrime and fraud and all of those things th- through a digital means. And the, that costs all of us money And the number one pathway for that success is the gated access that is password-based access and then tricking a person into either resetting that or recovering it in a way that gives the threat actor access to that. And so through social engineering, uh, phishing attacks, you know, you get an email that you click on a link, it then wants to capture your keystrokes or whatever else it is, or just says, Hey, you just got this file. You need to go log into your Office 365. Well, when you went to your Office 365 from that link, you actually went to the threat actors page and just typed it in for them. So one one thing you can do is people is never go to log into anything from a link. Always go directly to the website, meaning uh, if you're logging into your Office 365 or you're logging into your bank account, don't ever visit that location from a link that someone sent you. Always Great have tip. it bookmarked or saved at the primary domain. Um, 
a number one path that bad actors or, you know, people, threat actors are attacking us today is through our phones because the screens are smaller. It's harder to check to see is the URL spelled correctly? You know, is the address that I'm visiting actually, you know, they're using a number one instead of an I, right? right or an exclamation yeah. mark instead of an I or a lowercase, you know, some other character that misspells that you may not catch even on your regular computer, your PC, but really it's on your phone. It's very difficult to catch those things. So be very careful accessing, you know, accounts from a link. You know, you could even get, you know, you may have even received a text message today saying, Hey, your package is about to arrive. You need to log in here to go get that. Right. Well, that's a, they're trying to get your credentials. I get those uh, all the time. Yes. Yeah. It's and very, I am aware and don't, and don't click on them. But for example, my mom would absolutely, yes. you know, click on that. It's, you know, that, that kind of older generation. Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah, these helping, people the, helping the older generation or helping the younger generation, like depending on whatever demographic you are, um, do you need to help someone above you or below you mm -hmm. really understand these things? And sadly they prey on those mistakes. Yeah. Right. And that, mm -hmm. and that's tough. Um, and so about Traitware, um, you know, all of these things are, it's a major problem. We can't fix it for everyone. And, and currently Traitware is really focused on uh, what we would call workforce identity, right? So there is where you do your job. Um, and we are focused on that first because it helps the businesses. And if we can help the businesses by proxy, it'll help the people. Um, and also, if we can create good practices within a business, then hopefully that'll start to extend to what people are doing. And so we've built a modern solution that by default eliminates the need for a password. So we use other forms of identifying it really is Haley that's accessing this application to do her job. Yeah. The best part about it is we've we've done it in a way where we really focus on the technology handles the complexity part and reduces the complexity for the person, mm -hmm. right? And in doing so, we also reduce the chance that I can make a mistake as a person because I've reduced the complexity for the steps that I need to take to access my computer or my email. Yeah, so we've focused really hard on reducing the complexity for the user um, and having the technology handle that part, right? We think that the technology, modern technology can do all of the complex processes and that should be transparent for the user and, and, and you know, the, not known to the user. And so we, but from the simple aspect, um, I can log in in two touches with no typing. I don't have to enter a password and I don't have to enter a one-time password mm -hmm. that I get after the fact. So I can log in in a single step process versus multiple steps, but I can have multiple factors, right? So MFA is multi-factor authentication. And so those are different ways to identify it really is Haley, right? So what are yeah. different ways that we could do that using technology? Well, we use um, biometrics. We use in essence, behavioral biometrics, as well as additional factors um, to really know that it, that it is you that's logging into something. And 
one of the questions we always get is, well, I can change my password. I can't change my biometrics. And that is just something that is, uh, needs some more education in the space. And hopefully the bigger companies, whether it's Apple or Google or Microsoft will help continue this education process. But when you use biometrics in technology, so I'll just ask you, do you use an iPhone or an Android phone? iPhone. You use an iPhone and do you open your iPhone using face ID? Yes. Yes. Okay. So initially when biometrics first came out on mobile phones, not everybody trusted them. Today, now more and more people will actually use the biometrics on the mobile phone. But when that is actually taking place, do you think that when you scan your face to register it, when you get a new phone or reset it or whatever else, that it's actually storing your face? Like, what's your impression? How do you think yeah, about that? A, literally a, a picture. Um, right. I, I thought, yeah, literally a picture of my face. Yeah. So, eh, wrong, incorrect, yeah. right? So <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't actually, and, that, and that's where most people get worried that, oh, well, if I use my face, I can't change my face, but I could change a password if it gets it corrupted or stolen, right? Well, the difference is, is that when you register your biometric on a mobile device, it's not actually storing your face or your fingerprint, or if you're using voice. It's actually using maths. We'll use the word maths because you're in the UK and yeah. say that um, it's actually running math and creating a mathematical template of your face. So in that math, especially on an iPhone, is baked in at the chip level when the phone is created and isn't known to anyone. It's just baked in in the chip and no one else knows that math. And when you scan your face, it basically just generates a, a mathematical number that represents your face. And then every time you use your face, it's just checking that that math matches right, within yeah. an allowable tolerance. Okay. If you delete your biometric, because you have the ability to go into your settings and then delete it or erase your phone, or when you get a new phone, you are registering new math. So in essence, you're changing the password, right? Just in the, that one biometric, right? So that's just want the public to understand that yeah. you can use biometrics as particularly on your mobile device because you are in control of it. Now there are different ways that biometrics are used that I don't necessarily trust or agree with where you know currently whether it's for global travel or other entry places they're asking you to use your that math now again it is math and it could be changed however i'm as the user i'm not in possession of that math the organization is and you're trusting them to take care of that math yeah and then if it does need to be changed you have to request them to erase it and start over. Never thought of it like that. Di different management. And I'm not saying it's still not better than passwords and shouldn't be used in certain areas. And in some areas, we've already just given up our rights to that, right? Whether you, they're, they're gonna do it, whether we want or not, because they believe they know better than we do. Um, but for our own 
you know, whether we're at our job or whether we're, you know, doing our own consumer life using biometrics that we control much more secure from the standpoint that we can manage it. The reason the company's named Traitware is that you, Haley, have unique trait characteristics that are, you are one of a kind, right? Mm -hmm. We're all different. The way that you interact with your mobile device is extremely unique to you. So that's in essence, a behavioral biometric, your trait characteristics are uh, behavioral biometric type of thing. So again, going back to math and going back to the comments earlier about my dad, this is where one of the math equations that he helped write for our solution is how we look at your trait characteristics when we register your mobile device as a secure token. That gives us a very, very unique representation of Haley. That math is also, we use machine learning in that process. As you interact with your device on a daily basis, it is altering and changing over time, subtly, but it's still unique to you. So we can look at that math every time you go to log in and look for slight changes that are within a tolerance, allowable change, right? And then generate new math based on those changes. So instead of you as a user having to change a password every so often, the technology, right? The complexity that we discussed earlier is doing it for you. So the math is actually rotating the key. So if we put this in like real world physical terms, imagine like every couple times that you went to unlock the front door at your home, you had an entirely brand new key mm. every couple times, but you didn't actually have to change the key, right? It just changed itself or your car key, like using your car key. Imagine you just had a new one every single time, uh, but you didn't have to change the car key, right? That would make it much more difficult for a bad actor to try to copy or steal your car key if you were replacing it, right? Yes. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. YouTube videos out there of bad actors just trying to clone your key fob today, right? Using Bluetooth, whatever else, and you, um, those types of connections. So, mm. um, you know, we then take, you know, so we use something you're carrying every day, your mobile device, you're already carrying it, you already possess it, you're going to replace it if you lose it. And then we can generate, you know, other ways, that's just a quick example of like two type two factors, but there's other ones that we also can implement um, to create a very secure login that removes the need to to have a password right so yeah um but a lot a lot of people um crazy enough are like uh what's the right word for it? emotional about their passwords like well that's my password right again yeah. go watch the comedy routine you'll laugh yeah. like, that's my password right even though you hate it and that you're frustrated with it you don't want to let go of it because it's something yeah. that you're so used to right yeah but in every other area of our life, technology has evolved and changed. Why has the password still been what we're using? And, you know, again, going back to they've been around since the dawn of man. However, they started getting used in the digital space really in 1961 at MIT. And you can go Google, look this story up. But within months of the password being created at MIT, one of the grad students, because these are MIT grad students, are extremely bright, figured out how to print the list of passwords from the server and had basically compromised passwords within like 90 days of them being used as gated access for a digital resource the, within their first being born for this type of use. 
why have we not moved past that? Yeah. You know, six decades later, um, it's time yeah. to, to, I mean, to, to move past that. Following our, our previous conversations, I've got to hold my hands up. It made me very, very aware of what I'm not doing very well. And actually, most people are doing aren't doing this very well either. Uh, most people are probably using the same, you know, the same password. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we really are running out of time. We've got a, a minute or so left, but um, I'm going to put some links into some of the things you've said about the, the MIT and about Michael McIntyre. What would be your your top tips though? Are there any kind of um, yeah, top tips or kind of yeah, takeaways? So as an individual, um, don't just assume it's somebody else's responsibility to take care of your digital life. It, it does matter. There is things that are important there. Um, there's a website that I uh, can give you a link to that you can put up to. It's called Have I Been Pwned? Yeah. Go there, uh, particularly Perfect. for your consumer environment, or if you work in a small business or a big business, check your email address, check your passwords. Um, it's a free service. It'll tell you like, oh, I should maybe pay attention to go fix these things and take self-responsibility yeah. Yeah. For, for those things. Um, and then just really be aware on, online, be aware of links sent to you. Uh, be cautious about those things. Just think before you click. 